Welcome everybody to another episode of Cleaning and Cocktails. You know the deal, what we do. We drink a little, talk a little bit of shop on the cleaning industry. I got my boy Brandon here with me. We're going to get a lot to, into him. But again, you know, you guys, it's not a cookie cutter show. What we do here is just share knowledge. We, we, we have a conversation. We go over what is been happening in our lives, what is happening in the industry, what's worked for Brandon. I'll allow him to share, drop knowledge. We have suppliers. We have people like Brandon, who is subject matter, now a coach and mentor as well, manufacturers, uh, technology founders, anything and everything to do with the cleaning industry, because our number one goal is to empower the space, um, level up each other, because this is a beautiful industry that is changing the lives of many, many Americans. Um, and it's just, it's my passion, man. I love it just like Brandon loves it here. So you guys are going to, you guys are going to feel the passion. Uh, it's my opinion. I think you guys are, uh, from us talking about what we love and it's not just about cleaning, but it's about business. So without further or more, Brandon, thank you for taking the time to jump in on with me. Uh, and, and just sharing this hour of, of, uh, gem drop. Yeah. Nugget yeah, drop, absolutely, man. man. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. I love that you said we're going to share a passion. You know, you, you, we have to we have to get the low, real sultry. You know, the, the low sultry vo- voice when we get in there. We, yeah. We're going to share a passion with you today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. I, again, I already I've heard you talk. Me and you have talked off camera before. And for for people that don't know Brandon, we're going to get into his story, right? Where this guy knows not just our industry and cleaning, right? More so on the home services side. And again, we'll dig into that, but. This guy knows business. This guy learned it on his own, self-taught, right? Uh, it, it's amazing. I got notes on here uh, that I want to talk about, you know, Brandon, because again, there's a lot of journey and road to cover, but mm-hmm. I really want to get to some heavy, heavy hitting stuff in, in the conversation. But to start off, man, why don't you, you know, tell the audience, you know, I know where you're from and I know your story, but but give them, you know, the the, the introduction of how, how you are, who you are and, and, and what brought you here, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I literally have was born into the service industry. <laughs> my my dad was a owner operator window cleaner. Uh, long before I was even born, he started in 1978. I was born in 84. And so my whole life is filled with my memories of my dad being an owner operator window cleaner. So he was the guy in the mop, you know, in the in the tools in the bucket on the ladders going out every single day. Uh, you know, cleaning windows as owner operator. And I kind of grew up in that. I started homeschooling through high school and worked with my dad full time, age 13, forward 40 hours a week while I was going through high school and kind of carried that torch in home services, um, you know, from my dad. And kind of a unique twist that happened was uh, 2012, my dad was diagnosed with heart disease and was told that he couldn't work physically anymore by the doctor and it kind of like shattered our family dynamic a little bit because you know my dad had been doing this for 33 plus years and 40 years and then now all of a sudden it's like business is over you know and uh it was devastating for him and so uh, i actually took over the business from him in 2012 as owner operator zero employees and then kind of like set out to grow the business from there having no clue what i was doing <laughs> hey, know, I never, never grew a those, business before so i was very new but I, I gotta believe i mean you did it you got into it with no bad habits though right like i mean you didn't yeah, you really know. didn't know better like 
the one thing as you're talking, and I made a note of this myself because I, I heard you talk about this many times with people, is you guys heard him right where he said at 13, 14 years old, he was working alongside with his father, which I think is no, there's nothing better in life than to work with family like that at such an early yeah, age, Brandon. So, for sure. again, I, I think I made a note you were homeschooled, correct? Yes. Yeah. Again, so it's like, that's <laughs> not that that's a, a variable or a factor, but I know when I grew up, it, it, it uh, impacted my life a lot to have, you know, a lot of friends and uh, be a part of a, a education system at that point, right? You, I didn't know any better. That's what I knew. But you coming from a homeschool, did that allow you, do you think that that gave you a little bit more of um, focus or like discipline on, there, there was no, not that there wasn't any distractions, but did it help you kind of with your mindset from that early on? Uh, having yeah, such, you know, such drive? The, the, the couple things that it did, so I, I did go through school up until high school, you know, public school, and then transitioned to uh, homeschooling. And we had a really good friend circle that was outside of school. So we had our, our church, our community. Um, I had lots of friends, our neighborhood. I lived in a cul-de-sac, and there's like 24 kids in our cul-de-sac. So, you know, literally every day after school, we'd all be outside playing you know, baseball in the cul-de-sac and riding our bikes and, you know, doing all the kids stuff. Right. So I still had that part. I wasn't completely reclusive, but the biggest benefit to me was I worked alongside my dad 40 hours a week inside customers homes and talking to these homeowners. And, you know, some of our customers had some really, really nice homes. So it was cool to kind of like, Hey, what do you do for work? You know, what, what do you do? And just kind of learn and expand a little bit more. And I think it kind of gave me a little bit of an edge, uh, not only to earn a little bit more income from a younger age, uh, you know, to be able to work through high school, uh, but it also really kind of taught me the value of, you know, strong work ethic yeah. and you know, serving the customer at the highest level. And those are things that have carried me through that, you know, those principles have carried me through for years. Dude, and Brandon, like, I like think about how important it must be then, because I got, I got to assume you built relationship building skills at 14, 15, 16 years oh, old. Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely. Like I, you know, after, you know, I was very social in high school, very social in college, but I really didn't know sales from a relationship building component till I graduated college. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm 23, 24 at that point. You know, it took me a little bit of a long time to graduate college. But uh, you, <laughs> at 14, 15, 16, like, by the time you were 18, I mean, I got to believe you had a toolbox of, knowing how to read people and understanding how to serve the customer. I, I knew, I knew how to run an owner operator business extremely well. Like, you know, that, that's the big thing that, you know, my dad, he, he had a mindset that no one could do the job as good as him. He was the artisan. He was the craftsman. You know, he was, I mean, wicked with the squeegee, right? <laughs> I mean, he just like knew everything and knew all the customers names and their kids' names and their dogs' names and like, you know, their house, you know, alarm codes off the back of it. Like everything lived in his brain. And so it's interesting when I took over the business, um, you know, I had to grow the company because at the time when I took over the business, my dad uh, had no retirement in place, no savings, um, no secondary income. And like when he was faced with having heart disease, the business was over. Like he had a bus factor of one. If one person got hit in the bus, hit by a bus in his company, him, business is over, either metaphorically or literally, 
And for him, it was like he metaphorically got hit by the bus. And so that was kind of a really eye-opening moment for me because up until that point, um, you know, I, I went and did a couple of my own little entrepreneurial ventures and, you know, tanked a business here or there before I came back to my dad in 2012. Like I failed went, forward, I, failed forward. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> failed forward. And so, you know, when I came back and, and took over that business, you know, I had to, you know, basically uh, buy the business from my dad uh, so that he could retire. So the business was doing about $8,000 a month in revenue at the time. And uh, I promised him three grand a month for life you know, so that he could just retire. He could start getting social security. You know, he's in his sixties. So like, you know, that, that's like how we could kind of make that switch in that transition. So I was kind of placed into a position where instantaneously I, I had to force myself to figure out how to grow a business and get a team and start, you know, putting together resources, which was all brand new for me. And that was the challenging part. Oh man. So, th so again, this, this great segue into, I feel like what is one of the most important pieces of building a business is building that team. So up until this yeah. point, Brandon, right? It's it's your father. It's you. Uh, you're what you probably saw, right? Was your father wore all the hats? He did everything, right? Uh, that, that's just. And my father was the same everything. way. Oh, dude, my father. It when, <laughs> when I would walk into the office and he would walk in, he's like, "Who's that? Why? Why are they? What are they doing? What? Did you hire them? How, why are they good? How do you know they're good? So what's that? Oh, is that a new van, Rick? What did you spend on that? I'm like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's but funny, man. But yeah. you learn that's passion. That's a, that's one characteristic that we should have as leaders and business right. owners. But this does this starts to lead to like so you're you take over the business from your father. Uh, you promise him, which dude, kudos to you. That shows where your values are. That you put that weight on your shoulders to promise your father. And, hey, you didn't work all these years to yeah. not see something. Yeah, which is a whole other topic. That again, small business owners, I feel like they're so involved that they forget like, you know, pay yourself a decent salary, put that money somewhere else, like use this initial business to launch other businesses mm -hmm. or, you know, invest that money. But now team building, which we could spend forever on, what was, as you took over, like what, what was there <laughs> the right first person you wanted to hire Brandon or like what, what did oh, you- Oh man, the first hire that I had, uh, was, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing, right? You know, so I promised him everything. Super green. I was like, we're going to build this company. We're going to be huge. We're going to, you're on the ground floor, baby. Like, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> and then like less than a, a year into it, he's like, well, so how much equity do I get in this company? Like, you know, where's my 401k? Where's my benefits? Oh. And I'm like, dude, we, we haven't, we just got started. Like you know, it wasn't even like a year. It was like six months into it. Um, I've, I've made every single possible mistake you can make when it comes to employees. And I remember the first few employees that I, I hired, you know, my dad at one point in time had like, you know, one helper, right? Like I helped him never had more than like one single employee. And so when I hired like my second employee and my third employee, my fourth employee, he's like, Brandon, what are you doing? Like, they, are you sure you want to grow this big? Like, you know, th this is that, you know, there's a reason why I kept it small. <laughs> and any, any issue that I had, you know, if I had an employee quit, if I, one, one point in time, uh, over half of my team quit on me when we were booked out for two months solid in the middle of our busy season, half my team quit within about two weeks of each other. Oh my God. And I had my first gotcha. panic. Gotcha. Oh, oh it's yeah, anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah. And I, I remember telling my dad that story and he's like, well, it's exactly why I didn't have employees. <laughs> you know, like, 
Great. Thanks, Dad. This is Thanks uh, for the support. <laughs> so, you know, I, I quickly realized that, you know, that the, the people who you choose to surround yourself with, and I love my dad. He, you know, this is the way that he, you know, thinks and the way he lived his entire life. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that mindset, but I had to pay for his income and my income and my family and my newborn children. Like I had to grow this business. And so I had to surround myself with other people that were doing big things. And, you know, the community part of it was something that really kind of helped me make that shift. Um, you know, I went out and got a mentor, got a coach, and, you know, really started working with someone, you know, to help me kind of break some of those self-limiting beliefs that I didn't have to do it all on my own. Mm -hmm. now, I'll tell you one quick story. Uh, one of my mentors, I sat down at her desk and I was talking about like hiring people and, I, you know, it was like the whole blubbering mess about everything that was wrong with all my employees. And she had me write down the word control on a piece of paper. And she's like, all right, Brandon, I want you to tear that piece of paper in half. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. Oh, Taryn, yeah, control, let go of control. <laughs> he's like, yeah, that, do it again. Like, fold in half, do it again. Like, did it again. She's like, keep going. And, I, and she's like, make as many tiny pieces out of that piece of paper as you can. And I was like, you know, tearing this up like this. And I started crying in front of her at her desk. I'm like, uh, yeah, this is weird. <laughs> I don't know why this is happening right now. Um, you know, so just... It was one of those things where, you know, I realized that in order to grow a team, I have to let go of control and I have to just kind of, you know, uh, let go of the control that my dad held on to, you know, himself and just kind of make that transition. So once I did that was really kind of when the business started kind of taking off and growing. Brandon, so let's talk about real quick, because I forgot to go back a little bit before we got to you taking over your father's company is, um, mm. Odyssey, like I always do. I, you know, I, I did a little bit more research on yourself. Even though I get, I know you, right? But Facebook stalking, a little bit of LinkedIn stalking. Uh, but like, I saw and I and I because I try to build the journey and the trend. Because I, you know, what I like to do is like, where do people come from? How did they get to be successful in this role? You know, was mm. it by chance? Was it whatever? But I saw again, you started a business very quickly. Uh, from at eighteen, I think I saw. The business begin. That was your first attempt, I think. Then you had. Then I saw you jumped in. I think to a corporate America in some capacity, right? Like you, you were. Yeah. What was that sales, right? So okay, you're learning entrepreneurial small business ownership from your father. You're seeing it firsthand. You're involved. Then you you got sales. You were there for a, you know for a minute. You're learning the sales side, which I think is the most important characteristic for us as the business owners. Yeah, man. Yeah. Right, and then, and I think from there you started your marketing. Agent, a marketing agency, which I think is pretty interesting to know who you are today and what you're doing today and kind of our discussion that we had before we jumped on. That creative piece, man, I feel like that's, that is a differentiator, in my opinion, with a lot of business owners is when they know how to be creative and design and be a marketer, dude, it 10Xs you, you, your company because now you know, which I, you know, I hope you know, right, is like you're a brand, right? Mm. The, the Brandon Vaughn is a brand. Mm. Brandon's companies are brands. Right. But you may not have known you were doing that when you did it, but you did it and you are, right? Right. So, like, it all led up to, you said 2012, you took over your father's business. But, like, now let's get right back to that point again. But did that experience also help you? Because I know you said you failed on many things. But, dude, being oh, yeah. a marketer, being a sales guy, like, talk about how that started to stack the chips for you in your favor. 
Yeah. So my, my 30 second history was I went, started up my own construction company right in mm. 2007, 2006, which was, to do it. and that was, uh, you know, I, I was running a terrible business person. I mean, just absolutely, you know, hand to mouth, hand to mouth, uh, went through that. Um, we lost everything. We lost our house. We, I mean, I crashed and burned hard. And then I was like, I'm done with entrepreneurism. I'm going to go get a job. And I went and I went to a corporate company, um, invented some cool tools, uh, learned sales, and actually just kind of got to see firsthand how a larger multi-million dollar company runs. And they use Google Sheets and they make budgets and they like do things. And I was like, what? So that was actually really pivotal for me to be able to see like how a larger company operates from the inside. Cause the only other, the only business that I worked in was my dad's and my own. That was it. Um, so then when I was traveling all over the place, they wanted me to travel 50% of my schedule. I quit and decided to open up my marketing agency where I just like, you know, taught myself HTML and CSS and, and like, you know, built websites and did graphic design stuff. And, um, you know, I was in the middle of that leading right into 2012 when my dad called me and I was like, well, I'm just going to abandon this and help my dad out. Uh, but it was, it, it was, it actually me doing my own design and my own brand and my own marketing. Yes. It was cool to see on the creative side. I was just good enough to be dangerous, but not good enough to be an expert. Yeah. And I was so thick in the DIY death trap of just like, well, I'm not going to pay someone else to design my logo. I'm going to design my own logo. Yeah. I'm not going to pay someone else to do the website. I'm going to do that. I'm going to pay someone else. And it actually held me back for a period of time because I was so used to doing everything and felt like I had to do everything. Uh, delegating the creative side of it to someone else on my team and, and to experts that were even better than me was one of the biggest like turning points for me where I finally started leveling up as an entrepreneur. So it definitely taught me some things to know and recognize BS when I see it, you That's, know, when it comes yeah. to marketing branding, yeah. but it all, there's only so many things you can purely be an expert as a CEO. Like I feel like as founders and CEOs, we have to know a little bit of everything so that we can't let people, you know, tell us something and we're just like, Oh, okay. Sounds good. And then we're like held hostage in our own company. Yeah. But we have to be able to recognize, you know, and bring people that are smarter than us into our team so that we're not yeah. the smart person in our company. So what was the result of you taking over and then getting to where you are with conquer, right? Like what was the end result? Like, uh, prove it out for us. Like what, what, sure. what ended up happening? So, uh, with my uh, cleaning business, um, in about five and a half years, grew that from zero to 70 employees. Um, we were doing a uh, half a million dollars a month in the business. Um, while I was growing that business, I was very involved in social media, spoke at lots of different events and ended up having a lot of people. I started getting between 15 and 30 messages a day. I'm sure you know this yeah. of people are like, can you help me? Can you coach me? Can you mentor me? Can I, can I pick your brain? here's my cell number. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like it, it started getting overwhelming. And so I really saw an opportunity because I had personally spent like 500 to a thousand hours creating all the systems and just you know, like really honing in our business and all these documents, tools, and templates, everybody in home services was doing the exact same thing. They were building them on their yeah. own. Mm -hmm. And so that's what kind of led to this epiphany moment of me where it's like, I need to find a way to be able to collapse time for all these entrepreneurs, you know, they can use my systems, my resources, my documents, I'll package them up. And then I got to go out and find like way more coaches. And so that's what kind of led to me forming Conquer, uh, 
And, you know, now with Conquer, we have, you know, 35 plus certified coaches that all have built their own seven and eight figure service businesses. And literally we just like have those coaches meet with our conquerors on a weekly basis and help them just implement and execute yeah. and put those things together. So, so Brandon, I want to unpack that just where, like, if you guys are listening, right, which everybody should be listening. So, <laughs> uh, so you, what you just said is you kind of use the same, same processes that you did for your cleaning company and you're doing it in Conquer, but it's a different product or vehicle, I would say, because yeah. mm -hmm. what you learned early on is so. you are, you cannot be the smartest person in the room for, right. a, for the cleaning company that you built out. So you delegated and hired correctly. I got, you're doing the same thing with Conquer where you're not good. You can't be one coach and coach everybody. Yep. You need yep. other better coaches or you know, just indifferent. Everybody's got their own sweet spot and talent. So if, if, if you're listening, you know, guys, it's like, it's not, it, it's not that it's rocket science, right? Like you're just, you're figuring it out and you have figured it out. And now it's like, you're kind of giving back to everybody. And uh, that's why I appreciate and I watch and follow you because it's, there's a lot of bad advice out there. There is a lot of bad coaching out there where it's like, I, you need to hear it from somebody who has shared experience, right? And you have to yeah. have diversity and a variety of different coaching or styles and stuff like that. So I'm infatuated with the coaching component because uh, it's lonely as a business owner, right? You know that it's lonely. I mean, <laughs> it's so lonely. It's so yeah. much help. It's so much better to have a group or a community or a peer because nobody goes through some of these things as a business owner, even your own team. Like you need to bounce things off of another fellow founder or fellow business owner, your own team, because there's only so much you can tell your team, right? Like, right. What, one thing I wanted to ask you, Brandon, before we get deeper into conquering these other uh, map to a millions, everybody, I said that you better be ready because we're going to get deep <laughs> into that. So, but like, how did you, or talk about, not that you have to convince, but how did you motivate and make a good impression to the rest of your team when you started growing the cleaning company? and you realize I need to hire from outside, I need to build a team from, I need to hire experience, where a lot of family owned in my position, or in my opinion, right, a lot of family owned, smaller businesses, it's, if, it, if there's a core team, that core team can sometimes feel vulnerable, or, yeah, um, what's the word, like, um, I can't, can't grab the word, but just, do they trust that person? How do you know who's Brandon bringing in? Are you sure we need that person? I could do all this work myself too. And it's like, you want the yep. mentality to be the bigger picture is how do we all get bigger, better and, and, and get what's the most important part that you always talk about too, is how do we get time back in our life without working before right. seven? You know, it's funny because I used to use the word family all the time with okay. my team all the time. You know, oh, we're a family, we're this. And it's interesting. Someone actually broke my brain. One of my mentors, he says, you know, family, when the word family is used to describe a company culture, it can actually have a cancerous connotation. I was like, really? I was like, that. yeah, we're, we're families, we're teams. You don't fire your brother, or your sister, or your cousin. You live with them, do or die. Blood is thicker than water, no matter what. That's no way to run a business. Business mm. can fail. If you run a business like a family, you run a business like a team, a team that's designed to win Super Bowls and Ooh. you have to cut people on the team and everyone is performing at their level and they understand that if they don't perform, they can get cut 
off the team. They're not getting, you know, expelled from their family. And someone is like, you know, it's not a tra traumatizing type of an event. It is something that is like we're, we're a team. We're designed to win championships and win Super Bowls. So because of that, it's really Damn. shifted my paradigm when I think about who I hire, how I hire, how I hold my team accountable. And, you know, I mean, you have family members that work for you. It, it brings, and I did as well, it brings a different dynamic into the relationship. It's a little tricky to navigate. And some tricky. families can make it work and some families can't make it work. Yeah. And no matter what, it's an extra dynamic that makes it a more challenging environment to sometimes navigate. Cause it's like, okay, you had to, you know, bust someone up, discipline them, shoot them straight. And then like you're over at their house for dinner later on, you know, that night. Oh it's like, man, dude, that is, <laughs> that is, I've heard, but the way you just broke it down, I'm gonna have to cut this or cut and paste this into our, our, into our company. Cause dude, it's, yeah. I love that we feel that family effect, but I, I definitely see what you're talking about. Like you, you can, now when you see the championship, you know, teams and you're in the locker rooms and you see the guys and they're hugging each other and they have, you know, they got each other's backs. And when you see military units and their teams and they're like a band of brothers, like that high performing unit that you create can feel familial, but everyone has this level set understanding of exactly what this is. It's not family. It can feel like family and it can feel close, but they understand that if they don't perform at that level, there's no hard feelings if they have to leave because everyone sees the benchmarks. They see the, they see the standard. They see the, 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 the leaderboards on the walls that say from first place to last place. And everyone knows who's at the bottom of the totem pole in the company when it comes to performance and their KPIs. And everyone knows what they're responsible for. And they understand, I mean, when I, when I hired family members and friends, I'd have to sit down and I'd have to say, Hey, let me tell you every reason why I'd fire you. And I'd list every <laughs> single one. And it's, every like, single it's one. out and there. I, it's out there now. Now you know. It's out there. And this is, this is why I'd fire you. And I will, I will fire you if we don't hold this because we are a team. We're a family. We're friends outside of here, but in here we're a team and you either make the team or you're cut from the team. This doesn't mean that I love you less. It means that this unit you don't perform correctly in, and it's not the right working environment for you. And let me tell you, if you're not performing at the level you need to perform, you're not going to be happy. I'm not going to be happy. We'll both want to part ways because neither of us will be enjoying it. So, like, it's actually a good thing if it's not yeah. a good fit. It's it like you, you free you like, to go pursue other opportunities. Good. <laughs> right? Damn, that was a <laughs> solid two minutes right there. That's what I'm fucking talking about. Sorry, I swear. That's a sizzle <laughs> reel that you're going to put That's on That's a sizzle Facebook. reel, yeah. Dude, no, Brandon, that's so like, as I think now real quick, like I came from the mortgage industry and I remembered it was very competitive, right? Like uh, Dominic, who's my, uh, uh, our COO of the company and Jay is a partner in another company. Those were my bosses and my mentors when we were in the mortgage company. And <laughs> right. what they did, dude, what they did was there was a big whiteboard. There was teams with team names. We were pods. We were groups. We were, you know, That's right, uh, man. we were the, uh, the loan officer assistant, the, the cold caller, the telemarketer, like it was a pod, but I remember we felt like a family in the company, right? You know, it, would, right. it was the culture of family, but we were competitive. We were teams. It's teams because you were all high performers. High performing. Yeah. You saw that name and you're like, damn it, I'm not at the top. Like right. what happened to our team? Who's, who do we got? Who's low hanging fruit? Who do we got to pick it up? You know? Damn. So when you when point. you set this when you set this standard in your company, um, you know. W w by the way, the, one of the questions you asked, which is a really good question, I get asked this a lot, is 
if you have to bring in an outside hire, how yes, do you not yes. demoralize the rest of your teams? You do them by performing regularly scheduled performance reviews. And one of my favorite questions in these performance reviews is, hey, what do you want your next position of this company to be, even if it doesn't exist yet? And so, mm. you know, you'll have your technicians, your cleaners, your managers, they'll be like, you know, a cleaner will say, I, I want to be a foreman. I want to be, be a production manager. Yeah, I want to oversee. I want a management position. Okay, great. Let me tell you all the reasons why or all the things I'm going to be looking for when I hire that individual and why I might go with an outside hire versus promoting you into that position. If I'm going to promote a technician or a cleaner into a manager position, they're going to have to do their checklist every single day, always show up in uniform, never be late, be a top performer, always wear their safety stuff. They have to be the most compliant employee of all of our systems and all of our rules and SOPs of any other employee because if I promote you into a production manager and now all of a sudden all your other cleaner cohorts are now direct report to you and you tell them, hey, you got to make sure you do a checklist. And they're like, dude, you didn't do the checklist. Oh. Uh, you didn't wear your safety stuff. You didn't put on your respirators when you're working with chemicals. You didn't check to see if you have SDS sheets in your, in your carts all the time. You didn't do this. You didn't do that then you're going to have zero credibility. Whereas if I make an outside hire of someone who is a professional manager that can come in, then that dynamic's not going to be there. And so then, so if you want this role, if you want to be considered, your revenue per hour has to go up, your checklists have to be completed every single day, all these things. And now they understand why they wouldn't get promoted as opposed to it just hitting them out of the blue when the new manager comes in and all of a sudden they have a new boss. Oh, so, man. Nice. That's a big, you know, all conflict is unmet expectation. And so any conflict you have with your team or your lower team members is an unmet expectation that they thought they deserved X when they are never told they had to do ABC to even get to X. Like, so, you know, really clearly laying that out, having a certification program that can take a cleaner all the way up to a position and what's required and what steps they have to go through, what management courses they have to take, like, I've made way too many mistakes over the years Good. of yeah. promoting technicians to managers and have it totally backfire. No, and I'll tell you, Brandon, I, I'm living that world right now. Not me personally, right? But like the, the company, it, so it makes me feel, smile, I smile a little bit. And I'm happy because some of the things you're touching on is what the team is going through. They're like, all right, what we right. did in the past got us to where we are. Now right. we do need to identify. You know what, what I see is I, I see the good engagement from the teams is when they're included in the decision, right? When it's there, when they're when they come they come together to say, we think we need this. Here's that identify. Here's that that here's that profile. Um, whether it's we check to see if it's you know within the company, we can do it. Or yeah. if we're going to go look outside, here's the checklist. You know, but right. it's when they they bought in because they're they're doing it together versus being told. Because one yeah. thing, Brandon. I think a lot of people probably struggle with. I don't. I, I struggle with on the route on Rosalado and on route now. Is I I'm only, I'm great at things. I'm good at some things and I'm bad at some things. Mm-hmm. And when I have to hire certain positions that I, I was not good at or it was not my forte, how can I monitor or hold that that position accountable to any standard? Like I, I, for example, I'll throw one. Um, like. CMO, right? A chief marketing officer. Mm-hmm. I know marketing by ins- instinct. I don't know it right. by how do I hold them accountable to know they're meeting their per- job performance? Like how, who fills so, that? 
Yeah. So this, so, I mean, this is really where a consultant can help to bring, you know, someone in that, that understands, you know, there, there's, there's sites that you can go to right now where you can meet with, you know, marketers and you can pay them for an hour of their time for 500 bucks and you can like understand and ask them questions and pick them questions. But I'll tell you like for CMO position specifically, you need to have all the KPIs dialed out where you as the CEO, as the executive is going to see, okay, I want to see exactly on a weekly basis, What's our cost per lead, our customer acquisition cost per channel, what our closing ratios are, um, you know, exactly uh, what, what our spend is, what our ROI is on each one of these channels. Um, we have to see a lead volume and make sure that it's increasing, um, you know, and just dial in all those metrics and those numbers, and then it's all an instrumentation. Everything is instrumentation. As CEOs, we need to be able to see the executive summary and look at our dashboard and have and hold our team accountable to those numbers. Not just look at the dashboard and have it, but actually meet with each one of your departments, marketing, admin, production, sales, maps, meet with your department head, so your, your marketing, chief marketing officer, you're meeting with on a monthly or a weekly basis, and you're reviewing all the instrumentation and holding them accountable to hitting those numbers. And you know what's the standard, what's the minimum baseline we have to be at? And you know the, the KPIs are everything. That's yeah, like because I feel like, like Brendan, like by saying that at first it's daunting, right? You're like, oh my gosh, so I got to meet that. I got to do that. I got to do this. But I, I got to believe what you're saying too is, is the fact that let them do their job. You don't have to be there every day over their shoulder. They're going right. to perform because those KPIs are going to show you if they performed. And it's really like, uh, let them be free to, to make decisions and, and do good for your business, right? So it's not too here's much. The other thing you know, right. Here's the other thing that's kind of it's kind of crazy is that, you know, that we said it earlier. The team that gets you here is not the team that gets you there. So your marketing manager that got your company from zero to a million dollars is not the marketing manager necessarily. It's going to get you from one to ten or from ten to a hundred. Like there's different skill sets, right? So you have like an eighty thousand dollar marketing manager. And then you have a $250,000 marketing manager. And then you have a $500,000 uh, with equity and um, you know options and who's looking at an eventual exit in four years. And like that person has experience in taking SaaS companies from 10 million to 500 million. And they know exactly how to do it. Uh, he's not, that person's not gonna come into your company and you're not gonna be like, okay, well now I need to see your KPIs. Yeah. Like, tell you exactly what the KPIs yeah. are. And they have incentive and they have stake in the game to where they're gonna deliver for you because they're equally as incentivized as you are to reach the end goal. So, you know, it's just, there's different phases of, of uh, team members that we have. And too often in my business, I would just promote people within which feels great. It feels amazing to be able to take someone from here and get them to there. Mm -hmm. But when you have a team full of people that you've coached into a role and you've taught them everything that you know, guess who's the smartest person in your company? You. Yeah. And that is the worst place to be in. You know, Steve Jobs says, you know, I hire smart people so that they tell me what to do. I don't hire people so I tell them what to do. You know, I, I want people to come in and then, you know, one plus one is three. I don't want to be like one plus one is 1.75 now. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you don't, and, and it's kind of a mental shift, especially as you start getting to the, you know, the eight figures to nine figures range. 
you know, you really have to start looking at these executives that have already done exactly what you want to do. And then your job is just to be the visionary to get them onto the team and show them the path and show them the foundation and then incentivize them to get the same yeah. incentive as you. And that's it. Dude. I don't even know where we went with this conversation. Now, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, everybody, but like dude, what we just talked we about. Got real so deep, people, real, real so, deep. No, so, so people that understand, like, and we're still talking about the cleaning industry. So everybody knows, like, this this is what, what Brandon's so good at on the systems and processes side is everything he's talking about right now is a part of our, of, of our journey of building a business in our space. We're service-based. Uh, we're pandemic-proof. We're recession-proof. There is so much opportunity where don't think a lot of this stuff is like, oh, that's not me. I, you know, it's, that's no way. I can't, I can't, I can't do this, can't do that. It's not in my wheelhouse. A lot of this is, right? And why, and a perfect segue into, uh, we talked about Conquer a little bit, but I want to, I want to get to Map to a Millions because I feel yeah, like man. if people don't, a lot of people may or may not know what Map to a Million is, but it's a series of videos that Brandon created, correct me if I'm wrong, 2021 or 20? 2021. 21. Yeah, last year, January of last year. January of last year. And this guy, all right, it's something to say and talk about. Like, I got this idea, I got a concept, I'm going to do this, it's going to be cool. But you lived out a journey of starting from an idea and showing people, proving to people it could be done by systems and processes. And I'll stop there because I think, you know, you're going to be one to, to better talk <laughs> about it. But talk us through yeah. what the whole map to a millions is so people know. So I, I wanted to, it was honestly kind of a challenge in some way. Um, I am at no means undercover billionaire Grant Cardone level by any means. I'm, I'm not a celebrity. I'm like a D minus celebrity at best. No A-lister. Come on, C. Give yourself C. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I had this dream for years that I wanted to, you know, document growing a brand new business from zero and document it to a fully automated seven figure company. And that's what Map to a Million was. I picked an industry I have no experience in, which is garage floor coatings, which I've never done a garage floor coating in my life. Great niche. Um, Great niche. I just got my garage done. <laughs> nice. I, I wanted um, I wanted something that was a different type of model altogether. And I wanted uh, to not utilize any of my existing contacts, not answer any of the phone calls, not do any of the work from day one, and only focus on hiring and building a team and putting systems in place. So when I started the, the company, I literally just downloaded Basecamp, which is our resource of all of our systems in Conquer, and I just put them into a Google Drive and like, boom, all of our systems were done, basically. So it's kind of a cheat. And that's kind of the point, too, is like, look how fast you, you can cheat. You can cheat. Yeah. Uh, you have your interview questions. You have your checklist. You have your, you know, vehicle maintenance inventory, you know, checklist, et cetera. And so downloaded all that. And then um, basically from day one hired uh, two employees and then quickly to three and um, started out with a really small startup budget of 15K uh, to, and that included like all of our branding, our wraps, our website, our marketing, initial marketing budget. And we went from zero to $100,000 a month in four months. So we hit 103000 month four. Damn. And then a million our first year. And then we're in year two right now. And we're on track to do $6 million this year in eight locations. So I hired a, um, actually brought on a, a chief operating officer. We franchised it uh, in April 
of 2021. 2021, okay. Yeah, or May, May of 2021. And then we had eight locations by the end of the year. So it's been it's been a crazy ride, man. I mean, it really has been. But uh, if you want to go watch it, you can go to Map to a Million on YouTube. And I have 16 episodes. We're coming out with season two. We have episodes that are in the recording studio right now or editing studio. And, um, you know, we document the journey of picking out the company name, putting the systems in place, hiring the first employees, first jobs, you know, step-by-step -step kind of how we did it. And it's been a blast. It really has been amazing. Dude, it is. Uh, I mean, when, when I first came across it, I, I watched a little snippet. I was like, oh, man, I got to make a note. I got you know, to spend some time to watch this next time. And when I did start seeing the episodes, like, you guys, like, he, it's no joke. Like, he documents the good, the bad, everything of what we normally feel like, oh, man, if people only knew what I go through and this is, <laughs> this is hard and, like, oh, my God, I can't, you know, I can't hit my numbers. I can't. But a lot of the times our barriers are ourselves and mm -hmm. not not allowing a system to take over, right? You're always afraid of nobody can do it better than us. You prove right. it out. That's what I love right. is you're, the way the fact that you documented it, it, it's a proven, it, there's nothing anybody can take away from you. Like mm -hmm. it, it's documented. It's, it's in the yeah. cloud. It's out there. It was done. And dude, mad kudos to you, man. Cause thank you, man. Thank like that, you. That, that really, I feel like more people should watch that. And, and you know, there's a, I got an idea for us together to do something, but like, <laughs> I'm like down. let's do it. Like, dude, there's that really makes it real and human. You know, it, it brings it back to a position where people can say, that's me. I'm going through that today, you know, uh, September 9th, 2022. It, dude, there's nothing better than just authenticity to where yeah. it wasn't a TV show. It's not not that TV shows are fake, right? But it was, it, to me, it was like a reality show, man, to be honest with you. Like, you really did show people this shit. I appreciate that, man. Especially for me, because you have a nice design aesthetic, and I know you have video background and experience. And yeah, it was it was definitely a labor of love, and it was uh, it was I learned a lot through through the process. Um, so I wish I had more time to to keep recording more episodes, but it, it was a it was a grind. It's time consuming. It's right? <laughs> time consuming for a while to, to record those. We're doing weekly episodes, yeah. and I can only keep that up for about four months. And I was like, I got to take a break. We got to oh, come back a little bit. So I, yeah, so I'm going to, you know, obviously everybody for out there, I'm going to add that to the YouTube uh, channel cool, in the description. Man. It'll, it'll take you guys straight there. Cause I highly suggest you guys watch that. Cause then it takes me into uh, your passion, passion though. Your passion is conquer. Uh, for those of you mm -hmm. who don't know, you know, uh, talk a little bit about conquer Brandon, um, where, where it came from to where it is today. If you don't mind. So um, we specialize in home services. That's the thing, specialized in home services. And, uh, you know, so a home service business owner that's looking to grow and scale, get out of the truck, get out of the car, get off the tools and uh, build a team, you know, wants to know what systems to put in place, um, wants education, wants to better understand their finances, their marketing, you know, uh, their, their sales cycles. Uh, that's what we built Conquer. And the biggest part of it that we wanted to implement into it is accountability. Uh, people are 65 to 95% more likely to achieve their goals when they tell someone else and that person holds them accountable and they like tie a date to it. So every week on our conquer calls, we get together in small groups with their coach 
and literally like, okay, what, what did you accomplish last week? Yes or no. Here's my KPIs that I need to report to the group. And it's highly accountable. We have like little consequences in that we, you know, are like fun and, you know, uh, lighthearted that, you know, people stick to. And it's just a community of like-minded entrepreneurs that look to grow. Um, so if anyone's interested in, you know, learning more, you can go to go.conquernow.com, um, you know, learn a little bit more about the program. Uh, if you're in home services specifically, uh, it's definitely a, a solid option for oh, you. Man. Yeah. Again, I, I would back that up too. Cause it's, I feel like it, you, 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 what you've created is like a framework. And a lot of times, you know, I'll hear from a lot of the commercial siders, right? It's like, Rick, man, I just, I need a playbook. I need, what do I do? People just, right. if you tell them what to do. And the people that are hungry and driven will do it. You know, at the end of the day, it's up to them. But like, again, I highly suggest that anybody, we have a lot of people from home services that, that do listen in. Uh, whatever stage you're in, right? Brad, does it matter what stage somebody is in when they're growing their business? Uh, to me, I know the answer, but you you let me know. Like The, the big thing... The, yeah. <laughs> the, the big thing is less about what stage you're in and how hungry you are, more about how hungry you are. So, you know, if you are still on the truck, but you really, really, really want to get out like yesterday, then Conquer's probably for you. Um, you know, we, we have good fit calls. We don't allow people to just send us a check and just sign up. Uh, we do a, a vetting and application process for anyone that comes into the program and, uh, you know, match you up with a specific coach, um, you know, so that that's another part of it that we really kind of focus on. Um, but best thing to do is just apply and just find out, find okay. out for yourself. Yeah. And, and what I love about it, because I wrote this down for myself, is I, I, oh, I see the big three always pop up on the site. You just talked about one of them right now, but it's community, clarity, and accountability. What 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 is a community and clarity component of Conquer? I mean, you talked about accountability. What about community clarity? Community is obviously being around other entrepreneurs that are looking to grow to seven figures and beyond and get off the truck and actually not being so lonely, you know, to, to not just deal with the Facebook gurus that are like, oh, this is what you should do, yeah. but to actually share and sit down with each other. Uh, clarity is really what to focus on next, and that's where the coach comes in. You know, instead of just like asking your buddy who's just as stuck as you are, hey, what should I do next? like actually talking to someone that owns a seven figure business and they say, no, 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 don't do any of this stuff. Like just work on this. So that's the, that's the big, you know, part of the clarity component. All right. Nice, man. Well, you know, offline, we got to talk about doing this for the commercial side, which I think we've talked about a few times ourselves trying to figure that part out. Uh, but so another thing that I want to talk about is you, I see the issues with, in, in my opinion, this is something that we can kind of, carry off and end the conversation with is, but Brandon with commercial, the commercial side of the business, sales and staffing, sales and staffing are always the top two S's that pop up or top two pain points uh, is Rick. I have trouble with sales. I can't get uh, revenue coming in, which I think is the most important part, right? Which I think you'd agree is you can't really focus on operations if you don't have sales coming in. But then I have a sale, Rick, I have contracts, I have business, but now I have trouble staffing. So how can I, I have to say no to business because I can't, I can't staff it. For the past few months, I've been like going back and forth and trying to figure, you know, not solving the problem all in one, in, in one swift move. But I, I, I listen to you, I hear you talk. And there's a third us that could probably solve both or it will solve is systems, right? Is it, 
not that there's a, a secret magic recipe or pill, but how, how impactful can systems be for sales and staffing, in your opinion? <laughs> Dude, I love that you do that. So I actually have like a teeter-totter analogy. Show it to me. Where Show I say it. on one side, you have sales and marketing. One side, you got your production, right? You either have so much work coming in that you can't find enough people or you have too much people and like you have nothing on the schedule for tomorrow, right? It's just like it's trying to keep that balance. And the pivot point is what I call systems. This is the part that makes it to where it doesn't fall off the rails and like everything collapses and falls apart. Like you as the owner, you'll always be the biggest bottleneck in your company, period. That's just it. That's it. Uh, you, you need to have people. And in order to have people come in and out of your organization without chaos ensuing, systems are, my favorite definition for it is a documented process that shows how to do something important in your, in your business. It's, it, but documented is the key word. So you may know how to sell a job, talk to a customer. But if it lives up in here, it's not really a system until you document it and write it out in a way that like someone else can come in and be like, oh, this is how I do a sales call. Oh, this is how I'm supposed to clean this office building. Oh, this is how I'm supposed to uh, place ads on Facebook. Or this is how I'm supposed to order toilet paper for the office. Like everything. And if you can do that, then it doesn't matter the people that come in and out of your organization uh, because they'll be able to take those systems and repeat the same thing without you having to be involved. So, uh, you know, man, systems are everything. They really are. And the time when I made the most amount of money in my business, when I, when, when I was behind my computer on my keyboard, creating systems and documents and tools to help my team, you know, repeat and do better. And that was Just it. Just rinse and repeat, right? Rinse and repeat. That's right. Rinse and repeat. That's right, man. Dude, so I, I we could go on and on, but I think... We just, we... <laughs> we just nailed. My, my, my meal is empty. <laughs> I, I, I just opened up my second one. But, you guys, I, we got to wrap it up. We got to come to a close. But I think that was a great closing point, Brandon, because it, it started with us talking about systems. It ends with us talking about systems. But not just talking about it. I mean, again, man, you dropped a lot of nuggets that cut it, paste it however you want. I hope, and you know, I hope from this conversation, people, in, you know, implement some of these ideas and concepts Brandon talked about. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna include your profile. I know you're I know you're gonna be okay with that. But I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna include cool. Brandon's profile, uh, all the information on Conquer, and, and I get like I said, the link to the Map to Millions uh, series on YouTube. You guys, if you if you're looking to grow your business, or just you know. Uh, just improve your business, right? It's not always about growing and scaling. Just improve your business. Get some of that time back in your life. Uh, you got to reach out to Brandon. You know, reach out to myself. I'll make the connection. Uh, this guy is a great, great resource. Uh, what he's doing for the industry is phenomenal. So, thank Brandon, you, I just want to say thank you for jumping on with me, talking shop. Again, I, it's, it's for you guys don't know. It's like noon or ten o'clock by Brandon, and we're, we're I'm I'm two drinks in, but the days. <laughs> But thank you, man. Any last words for yourself that you want to leave with everybody? Don't lie to yourself. Don't lack in execution. Don't stop lying. If you say you're going to do it, you listen to this podcast, you've, you've been invested for 45 minutes, you got all the dopamine hits like, oh, man, such good ideas that Ricky was talking about. Like, oh, I got to, like, stop lying, just execute. So don't put it on your to-do list. Put it straight onto your calendar with a date and time when you're going to actually execute on the things you've learned and execute. Just get it done. Go conquer it. You know what I'm saying? There you go. Hey, <laughs> cheers, my friend.
Thanks, Ricky. Have a Thank good you. one, brother. I appreciate it, man. Yeah.